Hello and welcome back to the Dante in a Year podcast. In this episode, we conclude the Purgatorio with Canto 33. Next time, we'll be moving on to the Paradiso. As always, we're using my new translation of Dante's Divine Comedy with illustrations by sculptor Timothy Schmalz. Deus venerunt gentes, commenced the ladies, now three, now four, alternating in their sweet psalmody and weeping. And Beatrice, sighing and pious, was made thus hearing these, that Mary was changed little more at the cross. But once the other virgins gave place to her speech, risen upright on her feet, she responded, colored like fire, Modicum et non videbitis me, et iterum, my delightful sisters, modicum et vos videbitis me. Then she set the seven all before her, and, simply signaling, moved me and the lady and the sage who remained to come after her. So we went on and I don't believe she had placed the tenth of her steps on the earth when she struck my eyes with hers, and with a tranquil aspect she said, Come closer, so that if I speak to you, you'll be better disposed to hear me. Just as I was with her, as I should have been, she said to me, Brother, now that you're with me, don't you intend to question me? As with those too reverent when speaking before their betters, who can't drag living voices to their teeth, such did I become that I began with stuttering sounds. My lady, you recognize my need and that which is good for it. And she to me, I wish you'd loose yourself now from fear and from shame, so that you'd speak no more as a man who sleeps. Know that the vessel the serpent ruptured was and is not, but whoever's at fault ought believe that the vengeance of God fears no obstacles. The eagle that left its plumes upon the car that thus became a monster, and after that the prey, will not be without air for all time. For I see with certainty, and so say it, already stars nearby give us a time secure from all bars and every interruption, in which a five hundred ten and five sent from God will kill the whore with that giant that dallies with her. And it may be that my shadowy tale, as of Themis and the Sphinx, persuades you less, if in their manner it deadens your mind. But soon there will be facts as the naiads that resolve this difficult enigma without the loss of sheep or fodder's blades. Take note, and just as they're born from me, so signal these words to those who live a life that's one rush on to death, and bear in mind when you write them not to conceal what you've seen of the tree that's been disrobed two times here now. Whoever strips that tree or splits it with blasphemy gives offense to God, who alone made it holy for his use. For biting that, the primal soul hungered five thousand years and more in pain and desire of him who punished the bite in himself. Your genius sleeps if it doesn't see the singular cause of its being so tall, or its being thus set upon its summit. And if empty thoughts had not been the water of Elsa all around your mind, and their pleasure a pyramus to the mulberry, through such circumstances alone you should have understood the moral justice of God in his interdict upon the tree. But since I see your intellect's been turned to stone, and thus petrified, tinted, so that the light of my speech dazzles you, I still wish, if not written, at least traced, that you bear this within yourself as one bears back the staff bound up in palm. 
and I. Just as wax takes the seal so that the figure impressed isn't muddled, my brain is now signed with your speech. But why does your desired word fly so much above my sight that the more it's aided, the more it loses it? For you to understand, she said, that school that you followed, and see if its doctrines are able to follow my word, and to see that your way stands as far off from the divine as the highest heaven whirls distant from the earth. At which I replied to her, I don't recall having ever made myself a stranger to you, nor does conscience cause remorse in this. And if you can't recall it, she responded, smiling, remember now how you drank of leth a moment ago. And if from the fume the fire is argued, with this oblivion we clearly conclude the fault was in your wills attending elsewhere. Truly now my words will be as naked as they must to be discerned by your rough vision. And the sun, with greater splendor and slower steps, was holding the circle of the meridian, which falls now here, now there, as one awaits it when we're affixed, just as he's affixed who goes ahead of others as escort, if he finds some novelty or its vestige, the seven ladies at the edge of a dull shadow, as the hills below green foliage and darker limbs bear over their frigid rivers. Ahead of them, I seem to see both Tigris and Euphrates issue from a single font, and, as friends, part from each other lazily. O light, O glory of the human race, what water is this that here springs from one principle and grows distant from itself? To this question she said, Ask Matilda to tell you. And here responded, as one who'd be unbound from blame, the lovely lady. I've told him this and other things, and I am sure that the water of Leth did not hide it. And Beatrice, maybe greater care, which many times deprives the memory, has made his mind's eye obscure. But you see, you know it that flows forth there. Lead him to it, and as you're used to doing, revive his deadened virtues. As a gentle soul that offers no excuse, but makes its will of another's as soon as outward signs disclose it, so, after she'd pressed near me, the lovely woman moved, and said to Statius as sovereign lady, Come with him. If I had a greater space to write, reader, I would sing just in part the sweet drink that would never have sated me. But because all of the pages ordered to the second cantica are full, the reign of art will let me go no more. I returned from those most sacred waves remade, just as the new plants refreshed with novel fronds, pure and disposed to ascend to the stars. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Dante in a Year podcast. See you next time for Dante's Paradiso, Canto 1.